Basketball teams are entering the final month of the regular season as they gear up for the playoffs. While some teams are locks to make the playoffs, others are still fighting for their opportunity to chase the trophy this summer. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting you in the center of the action with a chance to turn $1 into $100 in free bets. Turning $1 into $100 is simple. Pick any basketball team to win their next game, and if during that game, the team of your choosing hits a three-pointer, you bring home $100 in free bets. That's 100 to 1 odds on the team of your choosing to hit a three. They don't even need to win. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free bets if the basketball team of your choosing hits a three. That's code THPN to turn $1 into $100 in free bets. For a limited time only, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome to the Tip of the Iceberg Podcast, brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Nick Berlanski, and as always, I am joined by the man, the myth, the legend, the man with as many beanies as he has personalities. It's Nick Horowat. What's going on, buddy? <laughs> the beanie I chose today is dark. The personality I chose today is tired. Um, I worked three jobs all week, basically. I haven't had time to write or do anything personal. I've lost track of the days. I didn't realize today was Sunday until I got off of work and I texted you saying, holy shit, I hope you're not ready to record like <laughs> in 10 minutes because I'm not. I have stuff to still do. Um, Yeah, I got a lot of things going on. You know, like, do you know how when people get more jobs, they start to keep more track of the days or better track of the days? I've never once heard of anybody say that. Well, it's the complete opposite for me. The more jobs I get, the it, it the days just turn into shifts, mm-hmm. and I I don't know what day it is. So, as long as we remember when recording days are, then we'll be good. Exactly. It's a good thing that one dawned on me today, or else I totally would have been unprepared. And kind of like how the Penguins were on Sunday. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely get to that. We'll get to the last three games the Penguins have played because that's how many games they've played since our last episode. Which, if you haven't already. Go back and listen to our last episode, Season 2, Episode 39, featuring a fantastic interview with Michelle Crecciolo of the Pens Inside Scoop. We've gotten a lot of good returns on that. A lot of people enjoyed that interview. So if you haven't had the opportunity yet, go back and listen to it. And one other thing that dawned on me, it actually didn't dawn on me, it was brought to my attention, is the fact that, please, if you're listening to our episodes on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify... Please download them because that is what helps us get a little bit more money from our sponsors, which would in turn hopefully help us become a better show for you guys. So that definitely, right there. yes, DraftKings, who has been absolutely amazing. So we yeah. definitely want to get the downloads because that's also what shows us that you're listening. And, and the people that listen, we love you. And we have, I believe I counted 18 countries 
that have listeners right now. So we're definitely enjoying just getting feedback from everybody across the world and across the, the nation of the United States and Canada. And even I know we have some listeners in Brazil and the United Kingdom and Spain. So we definitely appreciate everybody that tunes in. But we hope to give you a good show today. Like I said, we're going to talk about the Penguins' last couple of games, and then we're going to talk about this division because it's starting to shape up for the push for the playoffs. It seems like the top four spots are pretty much cut and dry right now with a couple teams on the outside looking in that need basically a miracle. So we'll talk about the division. Then we'll talk a little bit about Sidney Crosby, and I won't give too much away about what the discussion is going to be about, but we're going to talk a little Sidney Crosby later in the show. Let's start with the game recap, though, because the Penguins... Like I said earlier, I've played three games since the last time we recorded. A 2-1 to overtime loss to the Flyers on home ice on Thursday. A 3-2 to win against the Buffalo Sabres in Buffalo on Saturday. And a 4-2 to loss to the Buffalo Sabres on Sunday. So, Horowitz, let's start off with the Flyers game. The Penguins basically controlled the majority of this game, but just weren't able to beat Carter Hart. Hart was able to actually show what Carter Hart is supposed to be and what people think Carter Hart is going to be. And he completely shut down the Pittsburgh Penguins is the only reason that the Flyers won. I'm sorry. I said an overtime loss. It was a shootout loss for the Pittsburgh Penguins, but yeah, definitely big ups to Carter Hart who stole that extra point against Pittsburgh. Carter Hart went from actively diminishing his chance at starting in the Olympics to, uh, yeah, he's a bona fide Olympian apparently in the matter of a night, which was weird. So who knows if that continues for him? Yeah, he, the Penguins ran into a hot goalie, and it's not like it wasn't a um, bad game. It was just very strange almost. I don't remember a ton of it now because it's been a while. But, like, I mean, just interesting. Flyers games are always highly anticipated, highly um, high action at all times. And... This was no different, obviously. Was there a ton of scoring? No. But there was enough for it to you know, be pushed to overtime and then be pushed to a shootout. And that overtime, finally, the Penguins had an entertaining-looking overtime. Yeah, it was the first time in a long time that the Pittsburgh Penguins have really gone out there and used their skill the entire time in overtime. And to be completely honest, if Sidney Crosby wouldn't have taken the penalty that he took... I feel like the Penguins would have won that game in overtime, the way that they were starting to play. Domin- and it's they just, were dominating. Yeah, they The Rangers had, I believe, one opportunity in the first three minutes of that overtime. And other the than Flyers that, did? the Flyers only had one. Yeah, it seemed very back and forth at mm-hmm. first. But then out of nowhere, it's like, all right, well, there was just three solid minutes of the Penguins controlling everything. Mm-hmm. Then the Flyers get a quick break. Then there's Jason Zucker supermanning it to... Uh, play defense that that was a hell of an overtime that finally I was able to sit back and say you know what that was an entertaining Penguins overtime Mm -hmm. not that they're not but I mean I've said it on here before we have the star power we have the skill and the ability to look like a Canadian division overtime where it's just speed moving passing Mm -hmm. Um, plus it doesn't help that really the first time was that the first time when did they introduce three on three overtime last year last year if i my memory serves correctly i believe it's last year maybe it was two years ago i don't it's been a couple seasons i feel like anyway whenever the first time there was threes in nhl the year before that 
I, all I know is that it doesn't help that the first experience people got of the three on three overtime was that North America, Sweden overtime, that absolute classic yeah. that set the standard that no one has passed yet. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so that's my thoughts on the overtime. It's great to see. I love seeing the three and three overtime. It's fun to see the Penguins finally have an entertaining one. We just couldn't capitalize. Which sucks. Yeah. I guess the Flyers of all people. Yeah, and a big thing again, it was Carter Hart. Carter Hart is the only reason the Flyers survived that overtime because the Penguins put several amazing opportunities on net, and Hart was able to get them stopped. Uh, some other key notes from that game, of course, Jeff Carter's first game as a Pittsburgh Penguin. And he has looked good in all three games that he's played so far. He finally picked up a point on Sunday, getting an assist on the Jason Zucker goal on Sunday against Buffalo. But that line has looked very good in all three games. And it started on Thursday against the Philadelphia Flyers in the very first period. That team or that line is getting a lot of opportunities in the offensive zone. And they're not allowing basically any opportunities in the defensive zone. So they're controlling the puck pretty much the entire time they're out on the ice. And if they can do that, then the Penguins have themselves a bona fide third line when Malkin comes back. I don't know what you do at this point, and, and that's something to discuss in a different episode because we still have some time before Malkin comes back, but I'm not sure what you do if you're Mike Sullivan. It's it's good problem to have, but at the same time, boy, you have options now. You do have options. You just got to hope your options are healthy Yeah, because we haven't gotten progress on Kapanen yet, have we? He's still. skating. But okay, other than that, something. we don't know. Because the Kapanen thing, that's good that he's skating. Malkin, we know, is skating. But again, none of this is with the team. Then there's Tanev, who... We shouldn't even mention his name before playoffs because he's not Oof. He's not. He's not going to be close yeah, until playoffs. Not, not going to be ready for who knows what. Um, But yeah, you were mentioning how Carter Hart's the only reason why the Penguins got, or where the Flyers got, uh, the win in that game. Let's be real for a minute, though. If it wasn't for John Taglianetti, <laughs> we weren't scoring in yeah. that game because it was only a two-to-one score. Both goalies looked really good. But, I mean, the play of the month. The play of the year. The yeah. The play of yeah. his career for John Taglianetti. I mean, and if you watch Sunday's game, he did the same thing for Teddy Bluger on a penalty kill. He was out there I ready for it. Ted- Teddy Bluger's stick broke on a penalty kill, basically right off the bat, and the second he had just a little opportunity, Bluger right to the bench, Taglianetti was already over the bench with the stick, so he's not the type of guy that makes that play and then fades into oblivion. He's there every game, ready for it. That's, that, we we could talk an entire episode about that goal, though. <laughs> I mean, the, the social media went nuts over it, the team went nuts over it, it got a Jay's telestration. I thought that was the, that was the cherry on top, is that Jay got his old iPad out, got the arrows and the halo. Amazing stuff. The team the team mobbing him was the best. Oh, that was Just amazing. The whole situation. They gave him the game puck, got him a picture. The whole time I'm thinking, we have to win this game because I need to see that helmet on his head because you know that team would have given it to him. Oh, yeah, Mike Sullivan said as much in the post-game presser. He said, listen, it's unfortunate that we didn't win for many reasons, but one of them was I'm pretty sure Johnny would have gotten the helmet. <laughs> that would that would have been a hell of a thing. That's awesome stuff. Like, I think our interview last episode really told it. This is a tight knit group we got here. Yeah. Win or lose, these guys are there for each other through and through, and that it, it goes into the staff too. Clearly, 
at watching the equipment equipment uh, staff get involved like that. It was awesome. And it's not the first time we've seen it, but um, it's the first time that something like that has happened, and it was a goal. We saw Marner have an assist from it, um, and we've seen our equipment staff before come up, you know, big and clutch times but um it was fun seeing it lead directly to a goal and also shout out to brian dumoulin for um getting an assist with a stick that is definitely not his height <laughs> yeah that's that's definitely for sure him using Sidney crosby stick and still being able to dish it over to Latang to start that breakout yeah. was also pretty impressive and an, a forgotten part of that play just because of the heroics of yeah the <laughs> The semi-bench boss of John Taglianetti. Yeah, I mean, I saw a fun tweet that was Taglianetti's have now assisted on goals on goals yeah. for Yager, Cro- or was it Lemieux, Yager, and Crosby, and I thought that was really cool too. Yeah. <laughs> it's just something that the Penguins ran with, had a good time with, it. and, you know, congratulations to him because we all know that he's been working hard. People that have paid attention to – for some reason, like there's people like us that pay attention to Dana Heinze and love Dana Heinze and Stewie behind the bench. So yeah, John Taglianetti is somebody whose name has come up. Of course, it helps that he has the heritage inside the Penguins organization, but it's nice to see him get that moment in the sun league wide and nationwide. It's it's kind of cool to see a guy like that be able to just grab headlines for a day. Yeah, and every time I just think of the video, it just makes me laugh because like. That's not something you're going to see every day. That's not something you're going to see every year. Mm-hmm. And it's not just the fact that he just put the stick out there. He was full on Captain America in Civil War, leaning one over, hand leaning over. You, like leaning on someone and hole over. It was an impressive stature. And also what I think is another like un, not so very talked about part of it is the clip that they show. Sid never leaves the TV screen. If you watch on the right kind of screen, he's in that he's in that sweeping shot as the camera goes across the ice. He never leaves it. He's booming it across the ice. Yeah. Never he, misses a step. Yeah, he he definitely showed off some young Sid legs in that in that clip there. And then what's even more impressive to that to just if you ignore the fact that Dumlin was playing with Sid Stick, which is definitely too short for him, if you ignore the fact that Taglianetti made an absolutely heroic effort there, how about the fact that when Sid gets the stick Three steps ahead of him are two Philadelphia Flyers. And then there's the Philadelphia Flyer that is also on Latang. Latang takes the shot. Sid is going so fast, or at least the other two aren't paying enough attention, that Sid cuts off two different Flyers to get there to poke that in. So it was just a really insane goal through and through. It's not one of Sid's early goals where he deeks through six players, but it is special in its own right. And I think it's definitely one that is going to be in a career highlight pack for him. Yeah, and it wasn't the prettiest goal yeah. in any stretch of the game. It means, was a garbage like, goal, but but the way it happened was just awesome. Like, the development. You don't always have to yeah. – yeah. It could have been a rebound. It probably would have had the same sort of reaction. So Like a setup rebound, but yeah. the rest of the game that, um, <laughs> you know, wasn't quite the same. I mean, the Penguins had their opportunities. They just couldn't finish on Carter Hart. And I know I've mentioned that a lot, but I also want to give a quick props to Tristan Jari in that game because he also had a very good performance in that game, only giving up one goal in the third period to tie it up at one for the Flyers. So, I mean, it it was a good game by both goaltenders. And unfortunate that the Penguins 
were not able to come out with the win, but luckily for them, both the Capitals and the Islanders lost in a division race that is now heating up even more with Boston starting to make their presence felt. We'll talk about that a little bit in the second segment, but after that game against the Flyers on Thursday, the Penguins headed into a back-to-back weekend against the Buffalo Sabres. Saturday, the game was the Penguins completely outplay the Sabres in the first two periods and then completely just kind of dissipate in the third period, but able to hold on for a 3-2 win. Sunday, they just continued to play exactly how they played in the third period on Saturday and were not able to get anything going. They gave up a goal just about 30 seconds into the game. And just from there, they couldn't get anything behind Dustin Tustin, Dustin Tokarski. I don't know. I, I'm kind of messing up already right now. We're only 15 minutes in. But Dustin Tokarski kind of put his foot down early in that game. The big save on Sid in the first period. The save on Zucker, who was able to cut in towards the net. So Dustin Tokarski definitely, again, played a very good game for the Sabres early on making the big saves. And that's what gave Sam Reinhart the opportunity to go in and snipe Casey DeSmith on two different occasions and lead the Sabres to a 4-2 win against the Pittsburgh Penguins on Sunday afternoon. I saw a grand total of zero seconds of the Sunday of the Sunday afternoon game, and clearly I didn't miss much. No, so. you, di- you didn't. I mean, Jason Zucker got a pretty decent goal with a good shot, and, and it's about time that somebody on that line scores in those three games because it was amazing how well they were playing, yet they hadn't scored. I understand that Jared McCann... Had a goal on Saturday, but that was on the power play, I believe, yeah, if I different. remember correct. No, it wasn't on the power play. I, I'm sorry. He scored the first goal from behind the net, but it was assisted by the two defensemen that were on the ice. So that that line did put up a goal in both Saturday and Sunday's game. So it's it's moving along. Teddy Bluger also had a gorgeous snipe shot. So it's nice to see Teddy Bluger get back on the score sheet and the goal column. But it was garbage time. The so that was one after to... the empty netter, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was four to one at the time, and he was able to go and score, make it four to two. So it's garbage time, but it's still nice to see a guy like Teddy Bluger continue to have one of his best, not one of it's his best offensive season so far in his career. Yeah, it is. I, if I remember correctly, before his injury, he was pacing for career numbers in terms of um, offensive stats. He was looking very good and. Yeah, his offensive stats aren't the highest, but I mean, for a bottom line player, the fact that he was able to really produce the way he did really shows something that he was um, a guy to be noticed in a contract year, I believe, too. I'm not exactly sure. I'll have to double check that. But Teddy Bluger right now has 18 points in 32 games. And what did we say about Jeff Carter when we got him in that trade? Jordy Cunningham came on and said, listen, he's about a half a game up. A half a point a game player and we said you know what that's exactly what we're fine with that in our bottom six you're not gonna argue that fact in your bottom six and there's Teddy Bluger doing more than half a point per game because he has 18 and 32 as of right now and that's even with just coming back from injury and the fact that he was nowhere near a half a point a game player last season so it's good on Teddy Bluger to continue to just improve offensively and we already mentioned the fact that Zach Aston Reese is on that same path just improving on the offensive side of the puck Brandon Tanev was having a good offensive year before he got his his dueling injuries. So it's nice that that line is starting to put the puck in the net. I know we've talked about that pretty much at nauseum and just not in the last couple of episodes. But the Penguins do end up getting an unfortunate loss to the Sabres on Sunday, mainly because 
before the Penguins game started, the Washington Capitals fell in regulation to the Boston Bruins, and it was a chance for the Penguins to pull within one point of the Capitals with a game in hand. So they still have a game in hand, but they're three points behind Washington for first place in the division right now. Yeah, I mean, the division thing. What is another thing I said, I've been saying all season? I don't know if I've been saying it all season. What is one thing I said at the beginning of the season when, when before we played New Jersey and Buffalo, when we were discussing how important those games were? We're not going to go perfect against either team. Yeah. Just that's the way hockey works. That's the way the odds work. Um, this was the right time to get that loss out of the way. I agree. You picked up your good four. You felt good against the team. Um, picked up a fifth. And mm-hmm. then in game six out of eight, because your last two games of the season are against that team. You don't want to lose those two in a year like this. Yeah. It's those two could be a seeding potential game. Yeah, who knows how the rest of the season is going to go for us. That could that could kick us into the playoffs for all we know. We might need those games. Yeah, with how the Rangers have been playing the last couple of weeks, I would I would not be surprised if they made it a little bit dif- more difficult for one of these teams or all four of these teams to really clinch a playoff spot. Exactly. So it's good to get this loss out of the way now because you've gotten you got your first four in. You felt good. You got a fifth, and then. In game six is the right time to do it because you don't want to take a loss in game seven or eight. Get it out of the way now. Get it out of your system. We move on. Just the way the odds work. It's. I'm not happy we lost. Don't get me wrong, but I was expecting it at some point, mm-hmm. and I'm glad it happened at one of these two games and not the last two of the season. I'll take it for as it is. Did it suck to lose? Yes. But we, we played three games in a row, ran into three two but three hot goalies in a row yeah dustin karski is coming was coming off of his first win in about three calendar years against the washington him. capitals and, and good for he, him he I went feel, out i, I thought he was gonna get a shutout on sunday honestly the way he was playing i didn't i should have said that because then they the penguins would have scored earlier because i would have cursed him but i mean <laughs> yeah, eventually s- he did break on the second half of a back-to-back that he played in both of no less uh, yeah that's that is just real determination there from a goal from a goaltender of all people. I mean, thirty one years old, you've been coasting in the AHL for how long now? He was in our system last year. Yeah. But on an AHL contract, we couldn't even call him up when DeSmith couldn't find his passport. <laughs> it's you really do feel for the guy. Like he's grinded it out, he hasn't given up, and he's back in the NHL and he's getting his wins. And it's awesome it is awesome to see. It sucks it's against us, but I mean, you're also you're, the team he's playing on isn't helping him in that in that way. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he's been able to get a couple here is awesome stuff for him. Yeah, he's definitely one of the better stories out of Buffalo this year, and there haven't been many. But he, he struggled a little bit because that was just his second victory of the season on Sunday. But he's trying, and he's not on a great team. And that whole team has started to play a little bit better since the coaching change. They're missing their captain. They just traded away another marquee player. They traded away a couple of other players as well that were probably, I mean, I'm not exactly sure how well that locker room has meshed just because of it's a difficult season already. And then the fact that they faced those COVID issues earlier in the season, it's been a tough year in Buffalo. So they get that win. It does sting a little for the Penguins because of how important this weekend was. But at the same time, like you mentioned, listen, we're five and one against the Sabres now. Just because you lost one game against the Sabres, let's not go and start burning stuff down. Yeah, they've lost two of the last three, but 
Thursday, they, they're going to win that game nine times out of ten. Saturday, yeah, they didn't play a great third period, but they still stuck out the, a gutty win on the road. Sunday, they just didn't show up. And that's the only time that they've not shown up in any of these three games for an entire, or at least for a majority of the game. Yeah, Saturday they struggled, but they were up three to one, and it's not like they haven't taken their foot off the gas pedal before this season. So, and people are mad at the end of that game anyway, like yeah. in terms of officiating and just how the NHL may have played the game themselves. Mm-hmm. Regardless, we came out of that one with a win, and it was a clean win. It's not like we had to go to overtime for it. Yeah, it's it was an important one, no less. So Sunday, sometimes it just happens. It's hockey. The old saying is. Any team can beat any team on any given night. That's just what happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, it sucks to lose, but um, how many wins do they have now? The Penguins? The Sabres. I have no idea. Let me check real They've quickly. They had to have crossed 10 by now. I mean, you can they just have look 12. at... They have 12. Like, you can just look at some of the worst records in NHL history. Teams picked up wins. No one has gone over. This isn't football. Yeah. And... It happens. Some someone's got to lose to them. Eventually, have they beaten every team in the division at least once? I am not sure. I know they've beaten New Jersey, they've beaten Washington, they've beaten the Flyers, and us. I'm not exactly sure if they've beaten the Rangers or the Bruins. Okay, and you know what? I mean, th- when you're only playing your division, that's just what I was curious of. And if mm-hmm. it is any other consolation prize to them. That is the nicest reverse retro to see in person. <laughs> and for those of you listening it. back on the podcast version, Horwat is pointing to his cool hockey mystery box, Jack Eichel jersey. That is a reverse I, retro. It is gorgeous, by the way. I think I won the mystery box. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It, that is a gorgeous. It definitely, and it has the bison head on the on the shoulders. So I, I'm a very big fan of their reverse retros. I, I like all their jerseys, just not their team because it's a struggle bus this year. But we've we've the last time we played the Sabers, we had like a pity party on the Sabers for the first. And 10 now minutes we're kind of the show. we're giving them props this time around. We're really because they actually won a game this time around. Yeah, and you know they sh- they shed Taylor Hall. They Eric Stahl was gone already last time, but still, I mean, just the little things mm-hmm. about that organization. Every little thing they can do correct, it's a, it's a big deal. We say that same thing about the Red Wings, and then we remember Stevie Y as their general manager, and he can pull things off like the Anthony Mantha trade, which we'll get to in the second segment. But Soon enough, that team might be something. Yeah, they're definitely building the pieces right now, and, and they're in a good spot to uh, build in for a five-year plan, I think. But we'll see. Stevie Iserman is no slouch in the general manager's chair there. But we're going to take a quick break. When we return, we're going to talk a little bit about the Mass Mutual East Division and a surprise discussion about Sidney Crosby. We'll be right back. Hockey fights, lifestyle, and tales from a first-round draft bust? We have it all and more on the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for boutique hockey content and podcasts covering every team in the NHL. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg Podcast, brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network, and also brought to you by DraftKings. Use code THPN on the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and get great opportunities and great odds for your next bet. Horwat, we're talking a little bit about the Mass Mutual East Division, which is heating up just in time for the push for the playoffs. The division is getting tighter and tighter by the day. There was a time over the weekend that the Pittsburgh Penguins were in second place in the division, but as we stand right now, they've been bumped back down into third place with the win for the New York Islanders in overtime 
against the Philadelphia Flyers on Sunday in a one to nothing game. But let me read down these standings for you really quickly because they are extremely close. The Washington Capitals are currently in first place in the division with 62 points. The Islanders trail with 60. The Penguins have 59 and the Bruins have 56. Now, games played is also interesting because the Capitals have 46 and lead the division in games played right now. Both the Islanders and the Penguins have a game in hand on the Capitals. The Bruins have three games in hand on the Capitals and two games in hand on the Penguins and the Islanders and only trail by three points. So that's going to get interesting. The Rangers and the Flyers are both still in contention, but the Flyers continue to lose games and they've kind of fallen really far out as they trail nine points behind the Boston Bruins and Boston has games in hand. The Rangers, on the other hand, trail by four points, but again, Boston has games in hand on them as well. So while there is an outside chance for the Rangers and the Flyers, it looks like the final four are going to be the four that are in the playoff spots right now. And it's a division that it's separated by six points between first and fourth place right now. It's wild. I really want to see the Rangers do it. I want to see them do the thing. Do the thing. It, it would be Boston. so much fun, but I don't think it's possible. I don't think it's going to happen just based on the games left. I don't yeah. think. I would like to, let me see if I can figure out who Boston plays at the end of the year, because that might be important. They play us twice. Okay. I just wonder who they close against. But I mean, it would be so much fun to see Boston miss. But I mean, I'm sure I have plenty of time to talk about that at another time. Yeah. Um. As for everyone else in the division, you know, it might just be set in stone. I this is a year where I feel very not worried about what place it finishes in. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if it's just going to be one of those three teams. I mean, Boston's a little scary to be. Let's be real. Four, seven games against Boston. No, thank you. No, thank you. Mm-mm. The we can't win at TD Garden. Okay, we got one. Let's, let's, we can't. We really can't. In a grand scheme of things, a seven-game series with three or possibly four games at TD Garden, it's it, that's tough sledding for the Penguins. And we played well against the Islanders, and it's been a, I feel like it's been a while since we played Washington, so I really don't remember that team. It was the beginning of February, I believe, the last time we played the Capitals. It's been a long time. So, And, and their team, the face of their team has kind of changed a little bit too, not just with Anthony Mantha, but the, the way that team has played and kind of learned to play under Peter Laviolette, it's going to be a different matchup when they play here in a week or two. Yeah, so I mean, that'll be an, that would be an, an, an interesting matchup as well. You know, I'm just the rest of the division. I'm I'm cool with. I like playing these teams. I like seeing these guys over and over. I'm used to it now, and I like seeing what we can do against them because we know we're going to be battling them into the playoffs. And I'm just interested interested to see how they divide up after the after the first two rounds who's going where even if we're even if we're in it or not i just want to see how they do it because i think that will also be really interesting because it'll be the first time you know these teams play out of their division and what can they do hopefully canada can get i'm guess are the canadian teams playing their playoffs here once that happens how's that all gonna work i i don't know i don't think they've actually announced that yet feel like that's across that bridge when we get to it just simply yeah. because covid you know vaccine rollouts <laughs> they want to see where everything's at before they make any set in stone plans on the conference finals i mean they still have 
we still have about a month till the playoffs begin, let alone the conference finals. So they yeah, probably have and, two and, months still to decide that. And the North Division might be decided by points percentage anyway. Yeah, just because of everything that happened with Vancouver, especially. They finally played okay. a game. Vancouver played. Yeah, they they played. They didn't do well, but they played a game. It's tied as we speak. Oh, I thought that, I thought that, that game means was anything. over. Nope, six, six and a half minutes left, and it's tied. Oh, I was looking at something else. Yeah, they're tied with the Maple Leafs right now, so <laughs> that tells you anything about the North Division. Let's... Oh, but we're talking about the East a little bit here. Yes. Right now, the playoff matchups would be the Washington Capitals versus the Boston Bruins and the Penguins versus the New York Islanders. I like that. Those are let Washington great and matchups. Boston just, yeah, let Washington and Boston go beat themselves up. Yeah. Yeah, but, you guys go ahead in your corner and you play Rock'em Sock'em Robots and whatever's left, whichever carcass makes it through, will let either the Islanders or hopefully the Penguins be able to just pick the bones because those two teams are going to beat the ever living crap out of each other in a seven game series. I mean, Boston, they went through a stretch there, which is, I mean, it's the reason they're where they're at in the division. They went through a stretch there where they were pretty rough and they do have a lot of injuries that they've been dealing with. But ever since the trade deadline, they've come out firing on all cylinders. They, like I said, they beat the Capitals pretty soundly on Sunday afternoon on national television at that. Mm-hmm. Get, I give me deep round Marshawn against Wilson. Give deep, me not deep round, deep deep in the series. Give me game six of that, where it's no holds barred. It's just those two just going at it with their yeah. Let's just call it style of play. Yeah, G- give me a Pasternak versus Ovechkin series, like a seven games of those guys. Like, come on. Tell me they, you don't want to see that. Like both of them just here's the thing though. I want well. Boston's goaltending to figure itself out because I also don't want to be watching Dan Vladar get lit up by Alex Ovechkin for four games. You're right. You're right. Just it's just the refs just let offsides go and they just let Pasternak and Ovechkin stand on the faceoff circles. They don't do anything else. It's just four on four hockey except for those oh. two standing in their spots. Oh my god. But that would be the a beautiful fun series. Game. And for the Pittsburgh Penguins, I feel like, listen, they were 6-2 and two against the Islanders in the regular season, which is good. Obviously, you don't take that into account too much going into a playoff series because everything changes, especially when they start out that series. If they have to start it out in New York on Long Island, then that obviously changes it. We saw what happened in 2018, but a little bit of revenge for the Penguins would be a great way to start out a possible cup run. And you know what? I'll say this now. I'm still skeptical about the Pittsburgh Penguins because I said it at the beginning of the season, and I'm going to hold on to my, hold on to my statement is I don't trust this team in the playoffs until they can show me again, because 2017 is four years ago. Now I, I, get that Sidney Crosby elevates his game. I get that Evgeny Malkin elevates his game. And right now, hopefully he's elevating his foot and trying to get some rest on it. But listen, the past two years have not been great. The past three seasons, even if you want to consider that capital series, which I thought the Penguins played decently in, but the last two seasons, especially they have been so poor in the playoffs against the Islanders and against the Canadians that, listen, you need to show me something in a first-round matchup for me to think that you're actually going to go out and be a contender to go do the thing. 
a lot of people are getting excited in Pittsburgh watching this team play, and it is a fun team to see play. And they have played extremely well over the regular season, but those playoffs have been a different level for the Penguins the last two years, and they have not risen to the challenge. So I want to see, hopefully, that become a 180 this year, and they show back up and become the team, or at least somewhat of the team that we saw in 2017. Yeah. And even for what it's worth, the first round of 2018 was very fun. It was. That yeah. was kind of the last. That was kind of the last fun playoff series we've had. That's the last so, playoff series win. That's why. <laughs> yeah, but even like sometimes a losing series can be fun. At least that um, Capital series was frustrating, but the games were very entertaining. Yeah, I wasn't as confident in that series, but yeah, it. That one felt like the last time they were fun, whereas. You know, everything we've had since then has been just, what are we doing here? I'm bored. I don't like this team. This team's making me drink. I think the big thing, too, with both of those playoff series the past two years have been the fact that game one has gone into overtime and the Penguins have not played their best game, but we all said, man, if they could just pull this out in overtime, they could get off on the right foot. At both times, they, they gave up a goal in overtime. They were pretty similar goals, too, if you go back and look at Game 1 against the Islanders and then Game 1 against the Canadiens. So, yeah, uh, it, it's... I will I will mm. still stand by that it, that had the Islanders had to play their games at Barclays Center, they wouldn't have swept us. I'll still stand by that. <laughs> yeah, it, it's tough to match what they get when they play at the Coliseum. So... That was a game changer for him. It was. A big time. But let's talk a little bit about the trade deadline acquisitions for the rest of the teams in the Eastern Division. I know we talked a little bit last week, but we didn't dive into it. The three other teams in the playoffs right now made three substantial moves. Of course, we've talked pretty lengthy about the Islanders getting Kyle Palmieri and Travis Sajak from the New Jersey Devils. So that was a big move for them, mainly because of the loss of Anders Lee, the captain. I think Paul Mary has gone over. He scored at least a goal. It's weird seeing him without facial hair, that's for sure. I, I saw somebody. I saw somebody tweet that I'm said, "quote I'm surprised they didn't make him shave off his eyebrows." And then photo edits came out of that. Yeah, now that that's a scary look. Let's not do that, Paul Mary. But those two fit the mold that the Islanders have pretty much to a T. I think you guys talked on the East Division Roundtable about the opportunity for Palmieri to possibly go to the Islanders, and everybody kind of agreed that, yeah, Palmieri kind of fits the bill pretty well. Yeah, that was definitely the discussion had there. I can remember, I don't remember if this was on the recording or not. I don't remember if it was on the recording or not, but Neil had asked basically, what would it take for you to take Palmieri off our hands? I forget who he asked it to. Mm-hmm. But the, the guy, I forget who it was, just guy immediately said a second, and he said, "We're not even getting a first. It was a fun conversation mm-hmm. that I'm recanting very horribly. Yeah, I know. On part of that episode, you guys mentioned a second and bellows. Mm. So I I know you guys mentioned something about that, but it, it's not what ended up metastasizing. But still, Palmieri going over to the Islanders. Big move. Travis Zajac also is going to help them out there. He's been getting a lot of ice time so far. And then closer to deadline day, the same day that the Penguins acquired Jeff Carter, the Boston Bruins went out and got the prize of the trade deadline, Taylor Hall, for 
one of the better prices, kind of at a bargain price there. Of course, the Buffalo Sabres retaining half of his salary, Boston being able to not have to spend a first-round pick, but instead sending, I believe, a second-rounder and Anders Bjork over there. So it, it worked out for them pretty pretty well, I would say. And I believe they also got Jimmy Vc in that deal. So the hell? not Jimmy Vc. Who, 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 who did they get from Buffalo? I can't remember right now. I don't know why, but it, it was kind of like a Jimmy V. Kurt Lazar. Oh. Yeah, Curtis Lazar. So it, I, I don't know why I got those two mixed up. But, yeah, they got Lazar and they got Hall. And, of course, Taylor Hall goes out there in the second game and has a beautiful goal for the Boston Bruins. And ever since that trade deadline, the Bruins have been able to play pretty good hockey and kind of pull themselves into tight contention with the top three in the division, making it very close for all four spots. And then, of course, on deadline day, the big one, the biggest move of the trade deadline, the Capitals get Anthony Mantha for a first-round pick, a second-round pick, Richard Ponick, and Jacob Verana, a personal Penguins headache for the past three seasons. So definitely nobody in Pittsburgh is sad to see Verana go to Detroit, but Anthony Mantha in his first three games with the Capitals had three goals, so he's definitely starting to fit in pretty well in Washington. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Another score to worry about in Washington. Anyway. I'm looking. Oh, wait. Yeah, no. Four goals in four games. I didn't know if he scored today. I just checked. He did. So he is a goal a game so far in four games with the Washington Capitals. And there, listen, the first goal he scored, beautiful snipe. The second goal he scored, down in front of the paint. The third goal he scored was an empty netter. I haven't seen the fourth one, but I would imagine it's probably a pretty good goal as well, a goal scorer's goal. Yeah, Anthony Mantha has a nose for the net and is also six foot five. So the Capitals got themselves a guy that is going to help a lot over the next three years because he does have three years on that contract. So if you're in Pittsburgh and you're saying, listen, we don't got to deal with Jacob Verana anymore. We're going to have to deal with Anthony Mantha. Great. Well, I just want that team to be bad eventually, man. We'll be bad together probably in a couple of years. Probably. Well, you know, their off season is going to be interesting because they got to figure out a Veshkin contract. Yeah, that listen, I'm not going to throw any ill will or any jokes towards the Capitals this summer with the Ovechkin thing because next summer we have our own Russian contract to deal with. Yeah, but I mean, I think the I think for us at least, I think the the writing might be in the sand after this offseason. Um I would like to eventually talk with uh Troll and Polly about what's going to happen with that. So mm-hmm. I'm sure that'll be on maybe ours maybe their podcast we'll see we'll definitely have to have that discussion because that's going to be interesting considering the team paid a ton of money for backstrom last season they did so we'll see it'll be interesting i think we actually have i think we actually did talk about it with them earlier we did but i mean now a year has gone past the contract year will have gone Mm -hmm. what do you really want to do with them We'll see. Yep, we'll have to wait and see on that one. But speaking of superstars and generational talents, let's get into the discussion about Sidney Crosby that I wanted to have. And it's one that we have basically every year and one that some years is more warranted than other years. But to me, this is a very important question to ask. And I also, for those of you listening now, I'm going to throw out this disclaimer that we're going to have Hunter Hody's 
of the Locked On Penguins podcast on our next episode. And I'm also going to ask him this question. So we're going to give our answers now. You'll get Hunter Hody's answer in a couple days. Is Sidney Crosby a heart candidate this year? A serious one. A serious one. Okay. That's, it's really hard because I haven't seen a ton of, like, a ton of the rest of the league. Mm -hmm. Will the league want to do the whole two nominees from the same team in McDavid and Dreisaitl? Are they going to be weird and only try and pick one from the North with Matthews thrown in there now? Um, the MVP discussion this year is very interesting because you, because there are some wild teams that are doing good this year, i.e. the Wild being one of them. Um, and then the, you got the Panthers being very good this year. You mm-hmm. have um, Boston being not so good this year. Um, trying to read some of the other teams here again. I already said McDavid. I already said Drysidle. Uh, how has Nathan McKinnon been doing it exactly? Uh, I mean, he's missed a lot of games, yet he's still sixth in the NHL in scoring. So, okay. he's Nathan McKinnon. Yeah, so, it's it's going to be hard. Because there's so much, just like, randomness about this season, and teams are just playing to different expectations, and they're exceed, some teams are vastly exceeding them, while others are falling far behind the the eight ball Mm. i would say yes but just barely and that's because i'm going to say the league will have some fun with saying mcdavid for sure not dry sidle they'll probably throw matthews in there and that's when it kind of leaves you up to all right who's the third guy you slot in crosby and whenever i say the league i have to always remember this is chosen by writers Mm mm-hmm so yeah (sighs) (laughs) yeah it it is a frustrating topic to talk about but i mean for us and for me specifically i think Sidney crosby is a very serious contender for the Hart trophy this year if for no other reason than the evgeny malkin injury and the way that this team has responded and even when he was healthy remember the beginning of the season evgeny malkin was i I don't want to say replacement level because he wasn't replacement level he could never be replacement level but he was really attempting to get to that level at the beginning of the season he was not playing well by any stretch of the word now listen Sidney Crosby has received votes for the Hart Trophy in every season of his career except for two last year and the 2011-2012 season which in both seasons he played less than 40 games or maybe more than 40 games but he played only half the season in both seasons still had over a point per game but clearly you're not going to put a guy who's only played half the season in the heart conversation. Other than that, he's had votes every single season. He last won the trophy in 2013-14, which is now, what, seven years ago, eight years ago? And once again, he's over a point a game. He's never gone a season under a point per game, so there's that. Um, with the writers doing the voting, it's very weird. And with mm-hmm. how many votes they can get, I think I think they go up to like fifth place on some things. I mean, you got to take some of those got votes things with a grain of salt, considering all three of Tanev, Aston Reese, and Bluger technically got Selkie votes last year. Yeah. But that's different. Um, I get where you're coming from, though, because with Crosby, we at least know that they're serious votes. They're not 
Pittsburgh writers saying, hey, these these three had very good seasons. I'm going to toss them my fifth place votes because they deserve something. Yeah. Those are those Crosby things are real votes from other writers that, you know, just know that he is his and always has been really one of the best players in the game, mm-hmm. regardless of what you think of him, regardless of how he plays. His worst seasons, he's still one of the top five players. Yeah. Um, so I totally see where you're coming from. It's bananas that he's been able to do this, by the way. Yeah, he's right Keeping now. Keeping up with this league? Yeah. At 32? 16th season in the NHL. With concussion injuries, with high ankle sprains, with a core muscle surgery. Last year, literally, at at the age of 32, core muscle surgery. So he's definitely had his fair share of ailments, but he's still been able to come back and do just absolutely crazy things. And let me just read off some of the things from this season right now. 43 games played, 17 goals 33 assists for 50 points. Oh, sorry, 44 games played. I, I wrote these down before today's game. So 44 games played. He didn't get any points, so everything else stays the same. He's top 15 in both points and assists, and he's top 20 in goals on the season. Not many players are in all of those categories right now. And then the other thing I want to point out for reasons that Sidney Crosby deserves it a little bit more than a player like, say, McDavid or Matthews or McKinnon. Right now, I'm looking at the leaderboard for points. First place and second place are on the same team. Fourth place, and, and those two are far away from everyone. Yeah, they have their they have a, a great lead on everybody. So first place and second place play on the same team. Fourth place and fifth place also play on the same team. Okay. Sixth place and seventh place play on the same team. Interesting. And Sidney Crosby is at 11th, all by his lonesome. Yes, I understand that Jake Gensel is right now 14th in the league in scoring, which can somebody please mention him as being a good player in this league? Nobody gives him any credit, which is not the question. But for Sidney Crosby, yes, he's playing with a guy like Jake Gensel, who knows the game very well. But he's not playing with a guy like Leon Dreisaitl, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl. He's not playing... Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, they're not on on that level, I wouldn't say, at least to the national media. And definitely not Miko Rantanen, Nathan McKinnon. And here's also the other thing. Four of those players play in a fake division. <laughs> they play in a division that is literally... Where, where they go against Matt Murray and the Ottawa Senators ten, ten times, times. season. That division is allergic to defense. The Maple Leafs don't play defense. The Ottawa Clearly, Senators don't have the players. Exactly. The only team that plays <laughs> defense in that division is the Montreal Canadiens. And even they sometimes do not play defense. Because they clearly can't beat the Ottawa Senators. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that does kind of eliminate Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Austin Matthews. Yeah, it's cool that they're putting up these numbers and it's crazy. But at the same time... Okay, I would like to see you play the St. Louis Blues, or I would like to see you play the Vegas Golden Knights. I'd like to see you play the New York Islanders, the Washington Capitals, the Pittsburgh freaking Penguins. Let's see you play a team that knows how to play defensive hockey and actually cares about defensive hockey. That's why I think Crosby should have his name in that hat. He should be one of a couple names in that hat, and I think he should be a serious contender especially at the age of 34. And I, I said at the beginning of the season, or is he 33 or 34? I don't care. He's 32, one of those two. I think. 
He's not 32. He's definitely older. 87 to what 2020 he's turning is 33 later at, in August. 34. He's turning. He's 33. <laughs> Am I stupid? Possibly. 20 continue. To, yeah. Continuing with that, just I think he needs to be a serious contender in everybody's mind right now. And I don't know. I mean, Pierre Maguire had that take on Saturday that Sidney Crosby is the most disrespected player in the game. I'm not going to go that far. That was wild. Yeah, that was that, wild. Was, a, that was a very Pierre comment. But I, I get the basis for it is the fact that he's still doing these crazy things. And now we just brush it off as, yeah, okay, that's Sidney Crosby. He does that kind of thing. And it's like, no, we need to actually realize how special this is. And I thought about that as I was watching the game on Sunday is, this is going to end. This has been 15 straight seasons. This is now the 16th season watching this guy. There's going to be a day that this is going to be over. Uh, you, I like that you say that because I also this weekend saw a tweet from John Boutregras that it was after Crosby's goal with the Tagliani assist. Um, he was talking, he, was, he tweeted about how could Crosby hit 2,000 points? He would have to play another nine seasons at an average of 75 points or something like that. He did all the math out. And I was like, me and, because I was thinking, me and you have these conversations of the Crosby, Malkin, Latang era is going to come to an end soon. Yeah, it's, I saw it's on its last legs. Yeah, I saw Bouchergrass tweet nine seasons playing until he's 42. And I didn't know what to do with myself. I said, because I'm thinking we're having these discussions of this era coming to an end. Boutergras just lobs this grenade of nine more years. Excuse me? Yeah. I'll be in my 30s by then. I I think it'd be weird to say, yeah, I was, oh, 10? No, under 10 when he got drafted. <laughs> I'll be in my 30s when he retired. No, thanks. I was eight. So I was eight. Yeah. <laughs> as, as awesome as that would be, if he's able to, if he's actually able to, that'd be awesome. Don't get me wrong. But my God. My God. Yeah. When Sidney Crosby started his career, I was drinking juice box and eating gushers. Now I have a car payment, a student loan payment, a rent payment. So, yeah, a lot has changed. Yeah. I, I still do drink juice boxes and eat gushers, but that's not the point. It, it's been a fun 16 seasons with him. And I think, you know, that doesn't go into the voting clearly it's about who's the most valuable player to their team this year which is it really i'm not getting into that right now but if i look at that without Sidney crosby are the penguins where they're at right now no hell to the no no they're not in top 10 in the league again in points they're not in contention for a first place spot and a possible division title which again means absolutely nothing so let don't let the Capitals fans make you think that it is because a division title is nothing more than a fake banner. So we have Sidney Crosby on this team. Yes. Let's read read down some of the names that are on this lineup without Crosby. What what actually is this team? Brian Russ, for what it's worth, is a good hockey player. But would he be here without Crosby? He would be a very good player. He would not be a 30-goal scorer. Jake Gensel, good player, again. Coach's son, probably going to be in the Coach's league. Coach's son. I love that term. Sorry, go ahead. Obviously, we have Malkin. That speaks for itself. We have that going, but he's injured to hell and back right now. Mm -hmm. uh, Kapanen, again, hell and back. 
former player's son, he's probably a good player no matter what. We saw him play in Toronto and he was pretty good. Um, but then you read down some of these names. Jason Zucker is good. I guess the, like Zucker and Kapanen are the guys that you can evaluate a little more on this sort of mm-hmm. test I'm going on here because they play it on other teams and we've seen what they can do there. We're a bunch of guys without Crosby, really. Yeah. Let, let's look at it this way. If Jared McCann wasn't just a, hey, somebody's injured, you can fill in at second line center. And it was, hey, Jared McCann has to be your second line center because if not, it's going to have to be uh, Teddy Bluger as a second line center, which, listen, I love every player that we've mentioned as a Pittsburgh Penguin. And in their yeah. role, they're very good. Exactly. I'm not, ta- I'm not saying they're bad players. They're obviously better than me. They're obviously getting paid millions <laughs> oh, yeah. for a reason. I'm just saying... Sidney Crosby elevates their game. That's the point of this. He elevates the whole team, and that's why he deserves to be in the Hart Trophy race. And and I feel like we could sit here and bring up points until the cows come home, but we're both exhausted. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break, and when we return, we will finish off with the Pens poll. We'll be right back. Do you want a true champion's perspective? Well, come on over to the Bulls broadcast where we talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning, have some friendly banter, and of course, hockey name of the day. If you pronounce it, you can get it. Anthony Nunschwander. Ah, you didn't pronounce it right. Anthony? Anthony Nunschwander. It's it's N-E-U-E-N. It's Neunschwander. Anthony Neunschwander. Dude, I always slept in German class, so I don't know know how you expected me to put that together. Come on. You only took it for four years. I took it for two. Took it for two years? Oh, no, Jay don't yeah. took it that long. I, I took it for two years and was, like, asleep in all of German, too. Oh, you, you, you only took it in, in uh, junior high. You didn't take yeah. it in high school at all. No. Yeah, she sent us across the hallway, and it was, like, me and, I don't know, five other people, and all we did was just goof off because it was an empty room of just us while she was too busy yelling at you guys because you guys were a terrible <laughs> class. No, we were in terrible class. A couple people were terrible people. Uh, not going to mention names. Not going to call it anybody in this pod. It was Chase Crawshaw. It was 100% <laughs> not me. Oh, boy. I know a couple of those names, but uh, yeah, it's a good point, Chase. We won't mention those here. New episodes every Monday, only on the Hockey Podcast Network. As we mentioned in the last segment, the Pittsburgh Penguins currently sit in third place in the Mass Mutual East Division, one point behind the New York Islanders for second place, three points behind the Washington Capitals for the lead in the division, which would be very nice to have, especially because the Penguins need home advantage, but we'll talk about that at a later date. Our Pens poll from last week was the Penguins will finish in blank place in the East Division, second place, which we've already mentioned several times, both Horwat and I believe the Penguins will finish in second place in the Mass Mutual East Division after the regular season. So do 58% of our listeners. They all voted for second place, which took this poll. Third place, which is where they sit currently, had 28% of the vote. It was also where they sat for the majority, if not all, of the voting last week. So 28% said that they would stay pat at third place. 12% are the hopeful bunch that I absolutely love you. First place which would be amazing. 12 of you are the glass half full kind of guys and gals. And I think that is amazing. I wish I was a little bit more positive sometimes. So 
if they do finish, that 12% is going to be even happier. And that's what I'm going to love to see. And then there's the pessimist that says fourth place, which it's not really pessimist because it's not that hard to believe that the Boston Bruins who are heating up right now can use those games in hand and make it a very tight contest for third place and for second place and for first place because the whole division is close right now. And then, of course, there is that one person that just decided to say, why is there no option for out of the playoffs? Mainly because, sir, the Philadelphia Flyers are, even though they beat the Penguins, they're still falling very, very fast. And so the Rangers fell early and are really trying to make up ground. It's still going to be a long shot for them to make it. So that's why that's not an option. Also, because Twitter doesn't allow me to have five options for a poll. But yeah, second place came in first. I can obviously see that. Horwat, you can obviously see that. Your thoughts on this poll? Well, at the beginning of the season, I had us finishing second. Yep. Um, that's where I voted for now. Yep. We're in third. We were in second for a hot minute. And just the way the season get, the way the season is going, the way our schedule looks, um, I am also a firm believer that we could win this division. So I don't have too much um, analysis on this. I don't have too much else to say other than I am confident in this team, despite how broken it is, despite a loss to Buffalo. So be it. I went over that rant earlier in the episode. If you missed it, go back and find it. Um, I believe this team can do it. I voted for second because I was being a realist here, whereas the hopeful side of me totally thinks they can uh, make it to first because mm -hmm. things are weird this year. Things are very weird. Buffalo seems to be heating up. They have some games against some of these teams ahead of us. Mm -hmm. Including us. Do the, except for against <laughs> us. Buffalo, go ahead. Do the damn thing. you got nothing left to lose this year except for maybe a playoff spot. I think I just saw they're like three points behind New Jersey now. You mean a draft spot? That's what I meant. Did I say playoff? <laughs> I meant draft. Obviously, yeah. I meant draft when discussing Buffalo. But again, this draft, I think I said this in the last episode, this upcoming draft, Not how much does strong. it really mean? Uh, I mean, once you get into the top 10, top 5, I'm sure there's a little bit more at stake, but it's not as meaty as the last draft. And listen, for the Pittsburgh Penguins, 11 games left in the season. Five of them are against the Devils and the Sabres. So, yeah. There is an opening there for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Take care of business when you're supposed to take care of business. The next three games are against the Devils. Need I point you guys to the score updates for all of the Devils-Rangers games this past week? I think they played them three times, and I think the Rangers completely whitewashed them all three times. If I'm remembering correctly, I know it was not close a couple of times. It was actually 3 to nothing in multiple games there, so... Yeah, the Devils are struggling a little bit right now. I believe they made it close today. Yep, 5-3 to three today. Ooh. Made it a little closer. But listen, you have three games against the Devils coming up this week. You definitely need to win those games. And who knows? Listen, I thought the Penguins had a chance to be one point off of a first-place bid right now. Unfortunately, they lost to the Buffalo Sabres. That's why it has them in third right now. But it's a close division. I don't know where they're going to finish. I think they need home advantage. Going into the playoffs, I think that is a massive, massive factor for the Penguins. And I honestly think their best matchup is against the Islanders. I think so, too. I can agree with that. It's anybody but the Bruins, really. Yeah, and then in a close second behind the Bruins would be or yeah, would be Washington. There's the Islanders. Let's slip the <laughs> Rangers in there because they're hot right now. Ah, unless we play that, like, that one game, we're just where the Rangers are prone to pop off. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, the Rangers are a team that I think we could handle after a while. Eventually, they'd probably be like, you know what, Jack Johnson's a good idea, toss him. <laughs> no, I, I don't think they're ever going to really do that again. But, I mean, the Penguins were 6-2 and two against the Rangers this season. There, there's a reason they had that success against them. They were 6-2 and two against the Islanders. There's a reason they had success against them. They're 5-1. and 12-4 and right there. Like, yeah, this that, is that's a... ridiculous. Yeah, like going down the records against each team is going to be important. We got 6-2 and two against two of them. We're five and one against one of them right now, and like we'll leave those nameless. Those numbers are good. Yeah, we're four, also four and good. two against a team that I will name. And that's the Washington Capitals. That's good so far. If you were to just smack, just throw those numbers down. It's six and two, six and two, four and two, five and one, and whatever we are against the Devils right now. Three, one and one. If you show those to me, and then there's the Flyers ones, but if you show me, if you say, here's what our records look like against the rest of the division. I say we will have a good team. You're not showing me the teams. I'm just looking at the numbers. I'm not going to look at that one Buffalo loss and get bent bent out of shape over it. Yeah. I'm not going to look at that one overtime loss from the Devils and get bent out of shape over it. I'm going to look at those numbers and say, that's good. That's where it should be. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I think we can do the damn thing as well. I know, I, any, I think any team can do the damn thing at this point, man. This is going to be a fun ride to the end of the year we'll see what happens with the vancouver situation obviously they're playing and winning but we'll see if the canadian division has to do the points percentage, points percentage. probably and then we'll see how the east falls it seems it seems every other it seems the central and the west are kind of just set in their ways <laughs> especially the central the central is done that that's where everyone's gonna be i think it's funny because the central division that last playoff spot is getting very interesting the Nashville predators I mean, I'm not sure they're going to be able to make any noise in the playoffs, but hey, I never would have pegged them as a playoff team. So no, I also never would have pegged the Florida Panthers as being a team that's going to challenge the Hurricanes and the Lightning for first place spot. I mean, Dallas can still catch up there. Chicago's still kind of hanging around. Then there's the Columbus Blue Jackets, who are just completely, you know, we, we sent you over there to represent the Metropolitan Division along with the Hurricanes, and y you just messed it up. That's all right. I'm not too mad, though, because Didn't have to Columbus. hear the cannon this yeah. year. I'm happy about it. Yeah, there you go. But I think that's going to do it for this episode of The Tip of the Iceberg. Horowat, any last words for our listeners before we send them home for the first time this week? No, I got nothing. Well, that was a big wind-up for nothing. Sort of like every baseball game that I've ever watched. No, I'm just kidding. Speaking of, oh, here, you want, you want something? The Pirates. Go Bucks. Somehow, hey, some way. That's another series win for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Over the Milwaukee Brewers in Milwaukee, too. So that's big because the Pirates struggled earlier in the season on the road. So a good win for them. I'm excited for Q. Brian Hayes to come back. I'm excited for the Penguins to continue to play hockey games this week. A lot of them against the New Jersey Devils. We'll see you a lot this week. Neil Villapiano of the Devil's State of Mind. We'll talk, probably talk on Twitter a lot. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Tip of the Iceberg. We are brought to you, as always, by the Hockey Podcast Network, as well as DraftKings. But that's going to do it. We'll see you guys on Thursday. You can follow us on Twitter at NickHorwat41 and at Nick underscore Berlansky. You can also follow the show's Twitter handle at Iceberg Podcast. This podcast can be found anywhere you get your podcasts from. So please subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts. We are brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. You can visit them on Twitter at HockeyPodNet or at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com. Every team, everywhere.